Hey yo, we are Fantasy on Draft, the FOD, or the FODcast, if you will. Welcome to episode numero 22. I'm NMFL, and sadly I'm alone today. My co-host, my best friend, my fellow fantasy football junkie, Miyagi Pocock, sadly passed away on February 1st. I have been devastated from this news, and honestly, I... I haven't wanted to talk fantasy football or even look at my fantasy rosters or open my fantasy apps. I am so sad for his family. His wife and kids are now left without their personal hero, and it it breaks my heart. I watched the Super Bowl this last weekend, and it was a good game. It was a great game. I was rooting for the Bengals and cool Joe Burrow. But I know that Miyagi really wanted Cooper Cup to continue his amazing season, and he did. He did for sure, winning game MVP to just complete one of, if not the best wide receiver seasons of all time. I got to gather with a few friends and watch the game, and it was nice to have football back. Even though there weren't any fantasy implications, it was just nice to have football back. It was common practice for Miyagi and I to watch the Super Bowl separately from each other, but we always texted each other throughout it, and I missed that this year. Multiple times I wanted to reach out and say, what a play, or that was a blown call, or, you know, get his opinion on something. But what it did do was get me thinking about football, about fantasy football, and about this podcast. Miyagi and I love doing this podcast together, Have you heard of the 10,000-hour rules? It was uh, popularized by Malcolm Gladwell's blockbuster book, Outliers. As Gladwell tells it, the rule goes like this. It takes 10,000 hours of practice at something, of intensive practice, to achieve mastery. For example, learning to play the violin, it would take 10,000 hours for you to be considered a master of the violin. And for us, it was talking fantasy football. And I'd say we probably reached the 10,000-hour marker about two years into working together. Uh, I'm going to miss the talks that he and I had, going to miss us talking players, talking games, Um, you know, comparing defenses versus offenses. But after watching the Super Bowl and reflecting on our time together, I realized that the podcast should go on. It should go on in his honor. I don't know how the podcast is going to look moving forward, not for next week, for two weeks, a month from now, but I know that he'd want it to continue. He would want me to continue. It brought joy to both of us, so I will continue, and hopefully in the next few weeks or months, I'll get it figured out on how it will look and feel moving forward. I have ideas of people that he and I had talked about coming on the show as guests, and we'll probably have a few different people on to see if we can find some of the chemistry that Miyagi and I had because that was definitely the thing we heard the most. Your guys' chemistry is so good. I, I think it goes back to the, the 10,000 hours where him and I probably had a, a million hours that we spent BSing together or talking fantasy or, or just talking shit to each other. I love you, Miyagi. You're so missed. I'm not sure how today's show is really going to go. It'll probably be a bit different. I'm not sure how long it will be or how much we'll actually get into today, but 
Well, at least talk a little NFL news and notes. Um, I'm going to ask what's next for Dynasty now that the Super Bowl is over. Um, not going to do any rookie profiles this week, but we'll get back into it soon. I want to get you guys ready for the Dynasty drafts, so we will get back to that. But today we'll talk a little Tom Brady, and then we'll end with Drunken Trade of the Week. But first, let's get into our beer of the day. I am really excited for our beer of the day today. This is a beer that is really rare and used to only be available at the brewery. And then I'd say about eight to ten years ago, it started to leave the brewery to a select few places around the world that sold Russian River beers. Then in February of 2020, Miyagi was able to secure a keg for us here in Chico at our beer bar. He was absolutely so excited, and it was his favorite event that we've ever done. This year again, we got a keg of it, and we're selling it for $6.30 because that is his birthday, and we wanted to celebrate him. So today I'm drinking from Russian River Brewing Company, Pliny the Younger. It is a triple IPA. It's at 10.25% ABV. Um, their brewery is located in Santa Rosa, California, and their socials are at Russian River Brewing Official. You can also check them out on their website, www.russianriverbrewing.com. As Russian River has done, they have set the standard in, in so many ways. Their Pliny the Elder is just probably my favorite beer of all time, just a great double, a, double IPA. And so this is Pliny the Younger. This is a triple IPA, and it is super crisp, super rounded, and just sets the bar for triple IPAs. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take a sip of it here. Oh, man. Yeah, it is delicious. Uh, I think a lot of triple IPAs become malt bombs and become super sweet and don't have much hop profile to them and that is not the case with Pliny the Younger. The hops definitely shine through. It, it does have a little sweetness obviously being a triple it needs the sweetness to get to get the ABV up there but it does still have hops. It still comes through really good. It's not as punchy in the mouth, you know, the hop flavor as, as their double IPA, as Pliny the Elder is. It's a little more rounded, almost uh, almost a less sharp finish, but just a phenomenal triple IPA. I mean, of all the triple IPAs I've had, it, it sets the bar. It is hands down one of the best. And you know, I I give it a ten when I'm when I'm ranking it. It is it is a ten out of ten. It is the best that that I've had, and I'm so happy that we were able to to get it this year. And sad that Miyagi wasn't here to to pour it and to celebrate it and and just celebrate beer with us. But we were glad to to honor him with it a little bit. And you know, we had a good group of people come into our shop this week and and enjoy it with us and he always had a thing that was called the the pocock challenge and it's where you grab a big huge you know a lot of times stout or something like that where the abv is over 10 percent and it's a you know a beer that's rare hard to find or seasonal and he would just you know pour it in a glass pour it in a big glass and just chug it as fast as he could just kind of letting people know you know like screw the system you know this beer is hard to find people go out of their way and they make stupid trades and they 
you know, resale it for too much money, well, F it. I'll just slam this beer in my laundry room and film it and put it on the internet. So a couple of us here at work, we, we poured a couple glasses and we Pocock challenged them. We, we slammed them down and, you know, just, just wanted to honor Miyagi. And it was definitely his favorite event. And it was good to enjoy it. Even though he wasn't here, it, it helped us out a little bit. And we were able to, to talk stories of beer stories that we've had with Miyagi and, and laugh a little and cry a little and just happy to have it. And I'm going to pour a little bit out for him right now. Cheers, Miyagi. Uh, okay. Beer was delicious. Let's get into some NFL news and notes for the week. You know, the big thing is the Los Angeles Rams, they are the champions of the NFL. Matt Stafford, he got a ring. Came over from the Lions this year and played great. Led the Rams to a Super Bowl victory. You know, congratulations to Los Angeles Rams. Congratulations to Matt Forrester. You know, Cooper Cup, he was the MVP. I feel like Aaron Donald could have easily got it. He did have a great game and, and caused a lot of disruption, especially the last couple plays of the game. But Cooper Cup had an amazing season, had an amazing game. He, he deserved to, to be the MVP. It wasn't that they were forcing it on him. He, he did have a great game, and he had a couple touchdowns, and, and he was great. Overall, it was a, it was a really great game. Um, a lot of people said it slow because there was a lot of punting, but it stayed close the whole time. And there was, you know, there was always plays that were made that were changing the game. And, and it was just, it was fun to watch. Um, the ending got, was really close. Uh, the Rams scored right at the end and had to give the ball back to Cincinnati. And they were putting a drive together and then got down to fourth down. And Aaron Donald just got in there and, kind of ruined it and I've been laughing there's a, a meme in the offseason of last year before the draft and it basically said that the the Bengals needed to draft Panay Sewell over Jamar Chase um, Panay uh, Sewell is the you know offensive lineman and basically the meme said that if you know Burrow had Sewell blocking he could throw it deep to anybody that didn't matter or you know there was option B where anybody was blocking and Burrow was getting sacked and couldn't throw it to Jamar Chase, just waving his hand deep down the field. And um, it's kind of funny that meme on the last play of the game became, became true. Aaron Donald uh, basically sacked Joe Burrow as Jamar Chase was running free down the sideline for what had basically been a walk-off TD. Um, it is hard to argue, though. I mean, without Chase, the Bengals wouldn't have even been to the Super Bowl. He was amazing all year. He carried them, and their offensive line, you know, was good enough to to get them to the Super Bowl, obviously, but Chase had, you know, best rookie season of all time. He had over 1,400 yards. He had 13 touchdowns, but it was just funny to see the meme on that last play come true, but the Bengals do have a lot of cap room. I think it's almost $30 million to bulk up their offensive line because they need it. Burrow was sacked 19 times in four playoff games, including seven in the Super Bowl. So they definitely need to bring some offensive line in. But now they have, you know, one of the best wide receivers in the game, at least one of the best young wide receivers in the game. So 
if they would have switched it and draft Sewell last year, they still had they still would have cap room, but you're not going to find somebody you know like Jamar Chase just sitting there on free agency. So, you know, it worked out for them. They made they, even though they lost the Super Bowl, they made it to the Super Bowl, and now they they have the money to to fix some things. So, it will be interesting to see how the Cincinnati does moving forward, and if they continue to be a top playoff team, and you know how they how they go moving forward because the Bengals defense looked really good in the Super Bowl. I mean, they they looked like they were doing really good stuff against a f- high flying offense that the Rams were during the regular season. The Bengals defense held the Rams to 43 yards rushing on 23 rushes for a 1.9 yards per carry average. Um, that's including Cam Akers, who had been having some pretty good games. He was held to 21 yards on 13 carries. So I've been pretty vocal on this podcast that I'm not a huge Cam Akers believer. But I've also switched it and said I'm rooting for him since he's been back from the Achilles injury. But I'm, I'm still not really sold on him moving forward. I feel like his value right now has gotten so high that he's a sell no matter what. I mean, the things that you could get back for him, to me, outweigh what he is going to do for you in the future. I know that there's a lot of people that disagree with me. You know, Miyagi disagreed with me. He was he was pretty hot on Cam Akers. But if I had any shares of Cam Akers, which I don't, I, I would be looking to move him. Um, I was listening to uh, the Dynasty Nerds podcast, and they were even mentioning, you know, trying to trade him for somebody like Josh Jacobs. And I don't, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think if you could, you could make that trade, I'd probably do it. I'd, I think I'd rather have Josh Jacobs with the new offense that's going to be in there. And I just think he has a, a chance to, to be pretty good next year. So just something that, you know, keep an eye on. If you can, if you can get a good return for Cam Akers right now, uh, I, recommend, I recommend doing that. Alvin Kamara, he was arrested at the Pro Bowl. He apparently um, beat a guy up at a nightclub the night before the game. Kamara said that the victim said them some things to him and his group and put his arm up and put it on his chest to Kamara, who pushed him away and then punched him. Report said he was punched up to eight times by Kamara and then punched and kicked by others in Kamara's group. As of right now, uh, you know, there's an investigation into it. It doesn't sound like charges were repressed right away, but there's definitely an investigation from the Las Vegas Police Department. He's looking at if he if he gets charged, it could be a felony, and he's looking at a couple years, you know, in prison. Um, as of right now, I think I think Kamara needs to be a hold. I think you could buy him if you could get real low, but realistically, he was he was getting to the point where he was becoming a sell anyways. Um, you know, he was kind of getting, he's getting a little bit older and not sure completely what the offense is going to be with the Saints. So I think he was, he was kind of pushing his way to be a sell. So his value right now is so low that I don't think you're going to get much but pennies on the dollar. Um, unless, you know, if you just want to get him off your team, I understand that, you know, sell him for whatever you can get. But I think, unfortunately, I think he's just a hold, wait and see. You know, depending what some of the investigation says, 
maybe he could end up with, you know, a four to six game suspension and then, you know, still have the rest of the year to go. Uh, also, you know, maybe get another year after that. Um, but it might be better to hold on to him, wait and see how it goes in the court before you decide to sell. Because if he does come back, you could probably sell him for a higher return than, you, than you'd be getting right now. Um, injuries this week. Odell Beckham Jr. unfortunately tore his ACL in the second quarter of the Super Bowl. He was having a good game. He'd had a couple catches. Uh, I think he was at 52 yards and a touchdown. It was a 17-yard touchdown that he caught that was just a great throw and catch. He was having a good game. And, you know, tearing your ACL that late, that is just so tough. He's going to be out until you know, at least somewhere until like week eight to week 10. Tough for a player of his age. Um, I heard there's rumors that he may get signed, that he may not get signed until he's cleared to play. But I've also heard that the Rams have already said they want to bring him back. So, you know, pay attention to that. If the Rams sign him and just bring him back even though he's injured, I think that could be a good sign. You might be able to hang on to him and get something out of him once he comes back. But, you know, he's a tough, again, he's a tough sell just because he's already 29 on the backside of, of his career already. So a tough call for that happening so late. But again, I, I would say he's a hold. Unless if the Rams do sign him, you may be able to trade him away because if they believe in him, you know, somebody else might. You might be able to get something for him. All right, let's get into the Fantasy on Draft question of the week. Super Bowl is over. What's next for Dynasty Leagues? First things first, open your darn sleeper app or whatever app you use for Dynasty and just get back into the habit of checking it a couple times a week. Also, if you're playing on NFL, ESPN, or Yahoo, just get out. Like, seriously, leave. You can play redraft on those platforms. All are garbage, though, but get onto something better for Dynasty. Sleeper is the easiest and most user-friendly, but My Fantasy League or Flea Flicker also are great platforms to play Dynasty. But if you're playing Dynasty, give yourself the best opportunity play on a platform that is designed for dynasty don't play on one where you have to keep track of draft picks on a spreadsheet or ask your commissioner what he's got written down in a book get on sleeper it's the easiest it's gonna you know it's gonna help it out it's gonna make your experience better because it is so user-friendly um we had mentioned before we only turn off trades and you know stuff like that on during our fantasy playoffs and then we turn everything back on immediately i think this is the best way i think it you know lets you play all year i am okay with leagues that keep everything turned off until super bowl this can make sense give yourself the break during the actual nfl playoffs but I want it on. I want to use the highs and the lows of the playoffs to be able to buy and or sell. That is how you play Dynasty well. You sell when a player's value is too high or gets really high, and you buy them when their value gets too low. It's how you win. And having trades turned off and no league activities limits these up-and-down windows. You know, a guy like Gabriel Davis is a perfect example of – He was as high as could be after his playoff game 
And if your trades are turned off during that time, it's hard to take advantage of that four-touchdown game and say, what do you give me? Where if you have them on all year, you know, you can say, hey, I want to I wanna sell this guy and get the best that you possibly can or vice versa. If you think that he had a, a great game and you want to buy him and you're playing off that four-touchdown game, you have, you have the ability to do that. So I say keep Dynasty going as much as possible. I understand turning it off during the, the fantasy playoffs. To me, that just makes the most sense. But as soon as that's over, get it on. It's time to start getting familiar with the top college players and start at least knowing their names so that when people do talk about them and give opinions or give stats or give facts, you at least know who the player is. So, you know, start paying attention to mock drafts, both NFL and fantasy mock drafts. It is good to see NFL mock drafts where in this year's draft, the first eight or nine guys are going to be defense, offensive line, defensive tackles, but you need to know who the first quarterback drafted is. You need to know who the first wide receiver drafted is. So pay attention to mock drafts. Both, you know, the NFL ones, though they have a lot of players that don't in turn equal fantasy for you, it's still good to know where those guys are going and, and understand what the names are. You can also, fantasy mock drafts are starting and those really help out a lot. Start doing your own mock drafts. The Sleeper app, not a sponsor, I promise, has great mock draft tools. Practice and see where people are going. See what their ADP is right now. Um, I will say on the, the Sleeper app, though, they're not super good at super flex leagues. They never quite seem to take the quarterbacks as early as they should go. You know, remember, quarterbacks are the most scarce position in a, in a super flex league, so they hold a lot of value. You can get a lot for a starting quarterback, especially late in the season when playoff teams start having injuries. If you have a quarterback that's a mid-tier quarterback and you're a rebuilding team and a team is trying to make the playoffs and their second quarterback just went down with an injury, they need a starting quarterback. The quarterbacks score the most points and they're the most scarce. So you can trade a lot of quarterbacks that are starting, even if they're not a top-tier quarterback, you can still trade those for definitely good draft picks moving forward, you know, for, for players. So remember, quarterbacks hold a lot of value. Also, remember that draft picks become more valuable heading up to the NFL draft. People always fall in love with rookies and get rookie fever. They will trade more for picks right after the NFL draft and right before your dynasty rookie draft than they will right now. The, the closer you wait until the NFL draft and or your rookie draft, the more those picks are going to be worth, the more people are willing to pay for them. Right now, names are getting thrown around. People are paying attention to the top running backs, the top quarterbacks, the top wide receivers. But... In the next couple weeks, people are going to fall in love with those players. They're going to start valuing those players more than what they could end up being worth next year. You know, it's the something new. It's something shiny. People always want what's new. So the closer you get to the NFL draft, especially right after the NFL draft, when somebody's top targeted wide receiver actually went to their favorite team and they just they're desperate to get them, 
they're gonna pay more for your first round pick than they would right now. Just remember that right now is not completely the time to sell your draft picks, but every day you move closer to your dynasty draft, rookie draft, they, they do get more, you know, more value. And the last thing I'll say to do now that the Super Bowl is over and you're thinking about your dynasty teams and your dynasty leagues again, is start looking at the rookies from last year that didn't blow up. Guys that didn't have the huge Jamar Chase, Najee Harris season. You know, you can't get those guys right now. You can't get Najee or Pitts and don't even try to sniff around Jamar Chase right now. But other guys that just had okay season, start checking on some of them that were highly rated coming in but may have fallen out of favor a bit with their managers. Guys like Devonta Smith, Rashad Bateman, Rondell Moore. You know, this doesn't mean that you can go and buy them for a third, but last year they were a high first-round draft pick. Maybe this year you can get them for a second plus an aging player. You know, you can get them for a a really late first because your team did really well. You know, it's time to start looking at those guys and hoping that their manager may have soured on them. You know, you're looking for the manager that may be down on some of his players because they didn't do what Chase or Najee did. They're, you know, disappointed that they drafted Devonta Smith before they drafted Pitts, and so they're not happy with this season. Maybe you can get them for cheaper than you could last year. It's just that time to start sniffing around those guys and checking with the managers and, and find, find the managers, find your league mates, that are down on guys a little bit and you know see if you can work some of that magic in it's a it's a great way to use some of your you know late firsts possibly early seconds and get guys that have the first round pedigree but just didn't quite pull it off or guys that were you know had an injured season so they didn't get a didn't get a show exactly what they're worth it's it's just the time to look into some of the guys from last year that were highly touted and you know there's there's a chance sometimes you get a guy and he had a rough rookie season and and you want to try to get him now and and they bust it it does happen Nikhil Harry's of the world do happen but it is a good way to help improve your younger younger guys is try to find managers that have soured too early on a guy I'd say this week's show is brought to you by A&J Party Center, which is a party supply and rental shop. They have party supplies and rentals for all sizes of gatherings, from weddings, birthdays, prom, graduation parties, to grand opening, conferences, concerts, and more. They have a great selection of party supplies and rentals they will happily deliver to your next occasion. may even get to see friend of the show, Ben Murray. Located here in Chico, California, 1801 Esplanade, Chico, California. Find them online at www.ajparty.com. All right, let's jump right into the six-pack of the week. Miyagi really wanted us to do six amazing Tom Brady stats since Tom decided to finally retire So that's what I did. I put together six amazing Tom Brady facts that just will kind of blow your mind a little bit. Some of them are pretty common knowledge, and you probably have heard them before. Some other ones, not so much. And I always hate to 
praise Tom Brady, but that's mostly due to my friend Deep, who just loves him a little too much and it tugs at my heart. But that's okay. We'll get right into it. Number one, Tom Brady never had a losing season in the NFL, which is just mind-blowing. I mean, of all the quarterbacks that have ever played in the NFL, they all have a season that just something doesn't go right. They have some injuries to some key players and injuries to the offensive line. I mean, some of the top quarterbacks of all time have had a losing season. And Tom Brady, in 22 seasons, two different teams, the least amount of wins he ever had in his career was nine, which is just a phenomenal stat. I mean, the guy was, geez, he was good. Number two, Brady has played in 19% of the Super Bowls and has won 13% of them. Super Bowl one was in 1967. The moon landing was in 1969. So the Super Bowl has been around a while. And Brady is just under 20% of all Super Bowls and has won over 10% of them. When it comes to Super Bowl winning quarterbacks, the guy just stands above and beyond. This one is one of my favorites. Number three, Troy Aikman. Hall of Fame quarterback Troy Aikman played for 12 seasons and threw 165 touchdowns. Tom Brady, since turning 40 years old, so not his whole career, not just, just since he turned 40 years old, he has thrown 168 touchdowns. He threw more touchdowns in five seasons since turning 40 than Hall of Famer Troy Aikman. And that blows my mind. Number four, Super Bowl starting quarterbacks. The most starts all time are by quarterbacks that first names start with Joe. Montana had four. Joe Theismann had two. And then Namath, Cap, Flacco, and Burrow. All the Joes started 10 Super Bowls, which ties them with Tom Brady, who by himself had 10 Super Bowl starts. Number five, Tom Brady won Super Bowl number 36. Tom Brady also won Super Bowl number 55. Let that sink in a little bit. Super Bowl 36 and Super Bowl 55. I mean, the guy's career was just amazing. This one... Number six, this one's one of my favorites, but hurts my heart. I'm a Niners fan. This is Joe Montana, who is arguably, people want to make him the greatest quarterback of all time. People try to say his career was one of the best ever. Joe Montana was, for his career, 133 wins and 54 losses. He threw for just over 46,000 yards, 318 touchdowns, 16 playoff wins, and four Super Bowls. Tom Brady, 
in the first half of his career from 2000 to 2011, so the first 11 years, he was 140 and 41 as a starter, so a seven game more, seven more wins. He threw for 45,000 yards, so a little bit less, but he threw 338 touchdowns, so 20 more touchdowns. He also had 16 wins, and he had 16 playoff wins, and he had three Super Bowls. Tom Brady's second half of his career, the second 11 years, <laughs> he was 138 and 44, still five games better than Montana. He threw for 52,000 yards, so 6,000 more yards than Montana's career. 372 touchdowns. That's 50 more than Montana threw in his entire career. He had 19 playoff wins, and he won four more Super Bowls. So just splitting Tom Brady's career into two, he would be a Hall of Famer times two. Each one of those 11-year careers would have been a Hall of Fame career. And I actually, I know it was a six-pack, but I'm thirsty today. I had to fit in one more. Number seven, even though Brady only played in the NFC for two years, his last two years he played with the Bucks, he is fifth all-time in wins against NFC opponents in the playoffs. He has 10 career playoff wins against the NFC. Brett Favre and Steve Young are tied for first with 12. So even though he only played two years in the NFC, he's only two wins behind the leaders for wins in the playoffs. And in the AFC, it's just stupid. The leader in playoff wins is Tom Brady. Obviously, he has 25 wins against the AFC. And second place, the sheriff, Peyton Manning, has 12. The guy, Brady is, is obviously the GOAT. I mean, there's, there's no argument there. The guy was amazing. His career is amazing. It's sad to see him go. I was always under the belief that he was going to play at least one more season. And I think a lot of people felt that way. So in, in Dynasty Leagues especially, you know, it's going to be tough to replace that guy. I think a lot of people thought they had at least one more one year left and thought they had time, but it's come quicker than we thought. So good luck trying to replace the guy who at 455 years old led the league in passing yards and in touchdowns in his last season. Just amazing. Okay, we're done with our beer of the day, and we just finished our six-pack, or I guess our seven-pack of the week. Let's get into our drunken trade of the week. Our drunken trade of the week is brought to you by At Bad Fantasy Football Trades on Facebook. It's a great little page that... We like to see people put up their trade offers that were offered to them that are just awful and horrible or maybe a trade that actually was accepted by both sides in a league that they're in. We want to see it all. We want to see all the junk, and we want to make fun of it. We want to make fun of it right here on this podcast. This week's Drunken Trade, a gentleman 
is receiving Chris Carson. You know, Seattle running back who was really, really good about four years ago. And in return, to receive Chris Carson, he gets to give up Josh Jacobs, a 2022 third-round pick, and a 23-second-round pick. And, man, that is awful. I don't think that that trade gets done when Chris Carson was actually healthy and playing, let alone now that Chris Carson has missed all this time, you know, has a neck injury, and possibly could never play again. Um, This trade was actually put on the bad fantasy football trades about two weeks ago, and Miyagi actually commented on it, and it makes me laugh. He commented, do you owe his sister child support or something? Which just made me laugh. There has to be something like that that would make somebody even consider accepting a trade like this. We like to ask, we like to ask what would it take to, you know, accept a trade like this? Like, what would it take? And for me to trade for Chris Carson, I'll give you the third. I'll give you the third and, and see if see if he does play again and, and how it goes, you know, see if maybe you can, you know, he does come back and sign somewhere and, and could be relevant because the third, that's a dart throw anyways, you know, so I'd be willing to dart throw for a dart throw. But yet to trade away Josh Jacobs, if you do keep Josh Jacobs in there and then you keep Chris Carson on the other side, I don't even know. I think it would be Chris Carson and a first for sure. That would get it started. And then I might need something else. I might need a, dif- a decent wide receiver three or, or something. It's just just an awful trade. I don't understand what people are thinking when they send these kind of trades out. But they give me content. So keep them coming. Keep putting your trades up. And if you're not on the page, check it out. Bad Fantasy Football Trades on Facebook. It, it definitely will give you a laugh. And definitely lets you know what not to send out to your other managers. That's about going to do it for this week's show. Um, A little bit shorter than what you're used to, but it was just a different day today, so this is what we're going to get. No five-star reviews for our podcast on Apple, but we did have some new Patreon supporters. Really excited and really want to thank the following people. Corey H., great to see you. Ken, Ken Kniff from Connecticut, you're awesome. Great to have you. Josh, Josh M., also great to have you. Thanks for signing up. We appreciate you so much. And John W., thanks, John. Um, I don't even know if you really are into fantasy at all, but appreciate the support. Would love to have you listen to us and give us any feedback you have. Thank you guys so much. I hope we can keep the podcast up to a level that you'll still enjoy and still get good information out of it. Love you guys. I am going to put a great video on for the Patreon people. I'm going to put a great video of my friend AJ and a bet he lost this year. He lost a bet that was a pie to the face, a nut tap, and a bitch slap. And let's just say his wife did the rest of the league mates proud. So if you are on Patreon, check it out. Let me know your thoughts. Let me know what you think of that bet. 
Thanks, everyone, for listening. We'll get back into rookies and coaching changes in the NFL draft and everything fantasy again shortly. Please remember to tell your loved ones that you love them and reach out to your people. Make sure they're okay. If anyone out there is listening and needs someone to talk to or needs an ear to listen, I'll be your guy. Please don't go at it alone. Please reach out. Reach out to a friend or to a family member. We don't want anyone to feel alone and, or that no one is willing to listen. Mom, call me when you hear this. I love you. Tip your bartender. Miyagi, I love you. <laughs>